ever looked on a real estate portal and been frustrated because very few properties have an asking price? Well, today we lift the lid on the secretive world of property price guides. Welcome to Your First Home Buyer Guide, the podcast for first home buyers who want to move it along and become homeowners. But most importantly, it is for home buyers who want to get it right. I'm Megan and that was Veronica. We're both buyers agents and probably old enough to be your mum. And that's a good thing because between us, we've got over 45 years experience to share with you and bucket loads of stories and avoidable mistakes. Together, we're going to make sure you get unbiased and real information you can rely on. We've got loads of free tips for you in this episode. And if you'd like more useful tools, head over to the website, homebuyeracademy.com.au. There you'll get access to our free webinar, How to Buy Your First Home with the Right Amount of Debt. You'll also find the holy grail of home buying education, Your First Home Buyer Guide, the online course of people who want to be educated home buyers. We have created this for you to help you get on the right path to home ownership for your first home and beyond. But before we get into the interesting stuff in this week's episode, here's the boring bit, the disclaimer. You of course know that nothing in this podcast is to be taken as personal advice. We always recommend getting the advice of an expert in their field who takes the time to understand your personal situation. We've done our very best to ensure that the content is correct at the time of recording, but things change rapidly. So always check with the relevant government authority or your trusted advisors to get the most up-to-date information. Today we're talking about price guides. Let me tell you, they can be a source of a great frustration for buyers if you don't know enough about them. And most of the time, you don't know what you don't know until somebody opens your eyes. So get ready for some enlightenment today. (laughs) You know, back when I purchased my first property, Veronica, it was 1998, um, the property was in the real estate agency window. So that was the main place. You actually physically went to the real estate agency, had a look in the window. They also had folders with printed copies of brochures. The olden days. Yeah, in the olden days. <laughs> and you had to sit in the office and flick through those things before they'd even give you an address. If you were lucky, they might put the address on, on the picture. But they had asking prices. You know, sometimes they advertised in the real estate section of a newspaper and often it was a classified. And do you remember the descriptions? It would be like, you know, Windsor, 10 Somerset Street, 3BD, 1BTH, HSE 405, 145k OFI SAT 12. It's like that was about the Because you paid per character. Per character. So, or per line. You paid per line. So basically it was full of abbreviations and that was the code that anybody who was a buyer needed to learn. That's hilarious. I'd forgotten about that actually. And certainly when I first started selling real estate, the same deal. Like we actually used to do what they called line ads and that was a line ad. Line <laughs> on, yeah. About $30, I think, to put a classified ad in. Oh, my God. So some dinosaur is going to buy property that way. I mean, everyone else was starting to get onto the internet. It was it was 20-odd years ago. Yeah, um, yeah. But also, I would imagine back then, like you said, the one thing that was clear was the asking price. Yeah. Um, auctions have become much more prevalent everywhere. I mean, certainly when I started in real estate 23 years ago, auctions were big in our area. But there was very small pockets of, of basically Sydney and Melbourne that were auction-oriented. Everywhere else was used to having an asking price. Yeah, yeah, so true. You know, when I started 2001, 
the real estate portals were, ju- were just becoming a part of marketing and now are a bit sort of cutting edge well, who's going to go to these portals. And the portals were having to advertise themselves to the buyers to get the buyers to go to the portals so that the agents would list their properties on the portals. And it was, it was really expensive. Ch- oh, no, it was cheap then. It was a cheap Now then. it's expensive. It got expensive. Yes, it's got expensive. I remember. Anyway, that be that, be that as it may. The other thing too, when, when I first started selling auction campaigns, we never published price guides. Everybody was forced to ring the office and then we give them a price guide. Nowadays, it's more common to get one, not in Queensland, of course, and there are rules around how you can advertise property and, and give price guides and let's talk about those rules. Let's get on to that, yeah. You know, and, and around that time, which is when the portal, portals were becoming a little bit more prevalent, that's when the, the boom in Brisbane started. So there was very few properties that were, were auctioned in, in the Brisbane property market, but agents were really caught off, gu- off guard with their their pricing. So a lot of properties were selling for well over the advertised price. And and what that did to agents is to say, well, what do we do about this? We can't keep advertising these properties and then them selling more when you know, we're getting to the right people. So they changed their strategy. So they started saying things like offers over or buy negotiation or the incredibly irritating for sale. And you've seen that on an ad? No <laughs> like, Thank you, Captain Obvious. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Too funny. All right, so let's have a look at the different types of price guides um, and how they differ in each state and how you can get to the bottom of this very frustrating part of the home buying process. I, I guess there's, there's sort of three large groups here, right? There's the price. So a property is advertised a private treaty and has got an asking price clear, but let's talk about what that means. We've also got the price range. So it's both private treaty and auction is giving you a price guide. And I'm like, if it's private treaty, it's not going to auction. Why do you need a guide? Just give me a price. But anyway, what do they want? Then you got the no price. So you've got auction campaigns. All auction campaigns in Queensland have no price. Um, and some private treaty have, you know, expressions of interest. What the hell does that mean? Yeah, for, for, for sale. Yeah, buy negotiation. Well, you want to start the negotiation or what? Yeah. How are you going to do that? Where do we start? And and so, look, we get frustrated by it being in the industry for as long as we've been. And it just is infuriating because why make something difficult when it, you know, why make something simple? Why would you want to make something simple when you can make why it not difficult? Pave the way for the buyer to actually engage in the process and, and have a knowledge that they need. So let's look at that first one. And it is the price. You know, when there is a property advertised with a price, it is so rare to see that now. I, I rarely see a price on a property unless it has been through an auction campaign and hasn't sold and then they yeah. put a price on it. I rarely see anything come online now with an asking price. Now, different areas, of course, will have more asking prices than others. You know, like if you're looking in Perth, for example, you're going to be much more likely just to see a set asking price on the house or, or the apartment and and then what though? What does that mean? Because there's often a common expectation that the asking price is higher than the ultimate sale price. And so buyers will go, oh, well, I'll just knock 10% off and make an offer. And that's the dangerous. The lazy man's pricing strategy. It's very, very, exactly. The lazy man's privacy, pricing strategy is not a good idea. And why is it not a good idea? And that is because who said that that price is exactly 10% above what it's worth? It might be 20% above or it might be 2% above or it might be spot on or it might even be under, might be under. And it depends on which direction the market's going. And, and I think that's the thing, you know, if we, we're talking about a, a property that is advertised with a price, 
it still is, we always say in our office, price is irrelevant. Asking price is irrelevant. And we'll go into that a little bit more in more detail shortly. But absolutely, it, it's not just, just because something has a price or advertised, it doesn't mean that that's what it's worth or that it's worth either side of that. And in fact, it's interesting because particularly when a property is passed in at auction, you know, we've, we've seen this a lot of times in my area, inner Sydney, that properties priced in at auction, passed in at auction. So they've had a bunch of buyers through and they've had a bunch of feedback and, and from buyers and conversations with buyers. So a good agent will have a clear idea about really what the price should be if the owner really wants to sell it. Yeah. And so that's, that, that is an if because not all owners want to meet the market. And so sometimes a property can come on the market at an asking price after it's been through an auction campaign and the price is so high it just sits there. It sits there for weeks, sometimes months, does nothing. Other times the vendor does really want to sell and they use all that intel they've got from the buyers throughout the campaign and they price that property spot on exactly where buyers see value. And then you can even have, and I certainly had this as a selling agent, there were times when I had people fighting over a property, like multiple offers, after an auction, so after a property, after it passed in, nobody turned up to auction. And then afterwards, you've got multiple offers because we published the asking price and the asking price demonstrated the owner was ready to meet the market and, and, and was reasonable. And that's a big thing, isn't it? Because as a buyer, if you're going to invest time, energy and money into getting yourself in a position to buy a property, you want to know that that owner has genuine interest in selling. They're not just tiptoeing around and 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 looking for something outrageous. So sometimes seller motivation is a big part of actually generating the interest from the buyers. Huge. I mean, if the pro- price is really high and every buyer looks, looks at it, goes through the property, all the people that can afford that money go through the property and say, no way, I, I want more for my money than that. And anybody that can't afford it doesn't even look at the property because they just think it's out of their price range. They get all the wrong buyers through or none, none of the right buyers and people just don't make offers. So it can be an opportunity for savvy buyers who can recognize when something's overpriced. It can be sometimes an opportunity to go through it and think, if you do end up making an offer around what it's really worth, not what the owner wants, and in the absence of all other offers, they do actually want to sell it, but they haven't been given good guidance by the agent or for whatever reason they've got not sitting on their sleep. To it. They're not prepared to listen, but they've had no other offers and, and they do actually need to sell, sometimes you can get a good, there's a good opportunity sitting in amongst that because nobody else is going to be making offers. Yeah, they've lost all parts of their market. And and that's really you know, very sad for a campaign. If the pricing isn't right and they're, they're asked as in an asking price, a set asking price isn't right, then as you say, people will either see absolutely no value or they'll just bypass it because it's too expensive. Exactly. So getting that right is so important from a marketing perspective. But as we say, asking prices are relevant. Well, and that's the point. The asking price is relevant. This is why you need to become a bit of a local expert while you're looking at buying a property so that you could recognize whether the property's overpriced or not. If it's And it's not because you're waging a one-man war against the market either. It's because you actually have been comparing recent sales and you do understand what, what, prices, uh, what properties are selling for. So- Understanding that, understanding the price is relevant, that the asking price doesn't necessarily bear any relation to what the property is really worth. All it does is give you some clues as to how motivated the vendor is to sell and also how well the agent is managing their expectations as well. So typically, yes, you would offer less 
than the asking price. However, if it's priced fairly and you know that because of your research, then you could sometimes it wouldn't even be stupid to offer a bit more. Yeah, depending on the market direction. Exactly. Yeah, so, and then that's vitally important. And we talk about that when you're pricing a property is you have to understand the market direction and the factors from the market that are going to influence price. Because if something is listed for a price, but the market's rising, it may well be worth more than it is advertised for. And that's not that's very savvy if you can actually jump on that and not miss an opportunity. I was about to say, we need to just mention that if you haven't already downloaded our free mini course on how to price a property, now's the time to do it. Just put the podcast on pause, go online, homebuyeracademy.com.au forward slash free course, and you can download our free mini course on how to price a property. Now's as good a time as ever. Just download that thing. Very, very useful. Bookmark it to watch tomorrow. Okay, so let's look at number two, and this is where things start to get a little bit frustrating, aggravating for, for home buyers, and that is where there's a price range. So price range is something that is legislated for or against in individual states. So I'm just going to put it straight on the table and get it out of there right now. In Queensland, an agent cannot give a price range or any price indication unless there is a specific asking price on a property. So you won't see anything else other than an asking price or no price whatsoever. So we mentioned earlier there were three options, price, price range or no price. In every other state and jurisdiction, agents have got all three options. In Queensland, they've only got option one and option three. But in ev- everywhere else, you will often see either a price, and the price range can be expressed as a single figure, and this is a bit weird in, in auction. So, for example, say an, uh, an auction property has been appraised at worth being between $1 million and $1.1 million, right? The agent, everywhere except Queensland, can offer that it and can just put one price on it. And usually that would be the bottom end of that, right? And the inference is that it's going to go more than this. That's the inference and it's the unsaid bit because they're not allowed to use words like offers over and they're not allowed to use words like offers above or plus sign or plus or use the word plus. But everybody knows it's going to auction. Everybody knows to expect it's going to go above that figure. So so that's when I say it's a price range, even though it's just one price, that's the expectation. Now, they can also quote a range. Uh, they could put the 1 to 1.1 as the range, or they could even put 1 to 1.05. If they really wanted, they could put 1.075 to 1.1. As long as it's within the range that's, that the property's been appraised at, and the upper end is no more than 10% above the bottom end. So with that sort of guidelines, you get a price range, but it still doesn't mean the, pro- the ultimate price is going to fall within that range. And that's where it becomes really tricky because the legislators, and this is at least in New South Wales and Victoria, and, and I haven't double-checked other states, but I know damn well it's actually against the law to use words like offers above and offers over and plus, <laughs> right? And it's against the law in Queensland as well. It's, you're not allowed to quote a price range. It doesn't really matter for the purposes of this this uh, conversation. So they're not allowed to use those words, but everybody knows that's what it means. It's like it's invisible ink. We all know it's there, right? Um, and so what does this price range mean? And does it mean that that's what it's worth? And usually the answer is no. So what it is based on is supposedly what the agent has appraised uh, the property for. But in every state, to my knowledge, except for Adelaide, except for South Australia, you know, it's actually written in the Office of Fair Trading um, document in New South Wales, actually written that the price guide and the expectations of the owners do not have to be the same thing. 
Whereas in, in South Australia, it's actually legislated that if the owner, well, they have to write their minimum acceptable price on the agency agreement. And down there, it's legislated. If the owner wants more than the agent has said it's worth, the agent has to quote what the owner wants. So everywhere you are, it's going to be slightly different. But most of the it's time- important to understand that because very. when you're doing a pricing analysis, again, asking prices are relevant, but- a price range like that could give you an indication about if there is some difference between the seller's expectations, the agent's appraisal, uh, and and what the market is saying. So I think understanding in your area, in your state, what the legislation is helps you interpret what's being put out there as the story behind what what the price range is. That's very very true. So rough rule of thumb, that ten percent range comes from what the agent's allowed to put on the agency agreement. So they they can't say, oh, I think it's worth between seven and nine hundred. You know that's far too big, right? It has to be seven and seven seventy, or nine and nine ninety, or eight and eight eighty, or something like that. So, and that's the maximum they can put. They can put a tighter range if they want to, but that, they'll they'll like to put maximum because usually they think their vendor, or the owner wants the upper end, and they think they hope they can get at least the bottom end, and then they've got to try and meet. <laughs> they've got to try and get those two parties together in some way or other. So you just got to be aware that that's really the driver behind how these price guides come to be. Yeah. So the thing about whether it's private treaty or auction with price range is simply the method of sale. So it's whether you're just going to do a negotiation and again, you do your pricing research, you do your comparable sales, you, you establish where you think that sits in relation to other properties in the current market, what other buyers have been paying. And a private tree then is a discussion negotiation between yourself and the owner through the agent. Auction, on the other hand, is, and, and there might be multiple offers, right? So there might be multiple offers involved in a private tree negotiation in any of these, these sort of um, pricing strategies. So you, you are, in a way, sometimes also influenced or the price is influenced by the other buyers and what they're prepared to, to pay. What private treaty though is though it's behind the doors, it's 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 less transparent. So you really don't know what those other buyers are offering if there's a multiple offer situation. And that's a whole nother topic. In fact, we we could probably do an entire episode on handling multiple offer situations. Um, because they can be really difficult. You you are some I have seen so many questions in property forums. And we're going to do uh, an episode coming up on questions that we've seen in property forums and how they would be answered from from an expert's point of view. Um, but if if it's a private treaty and it's a, it's a multiple offer situation, then you can't see what anyone else is doing. What you and I like about auctions is it's so transparent. It doesn't actually matter what the quoted range was leading up to the auction. Once you get there, you can see what other people are going to pay. You, you can actually see how they're bidding. You can see how far they're pushing. And you're able in an auction situation to simply go that, tiny step above what the next person is prepared to pay. Now, if the agent's done their job and given the price feedback from the buyers to the seller, then that reserve should should sit around where that feedback was. Should. <laughs> and this is the thing. Not all agents are good at managing their vendor's expectations and not all owners are good at being ready and willing to meet the market when they put their property on, on for sale. And it's because of all these variabilities that, you know, and what's going on under the, you know, behind the scenes that it makes it really quite difficult for agents sometimes to actually quote 
the appropriate price range. But then obviously as a buyer, you're thinking, what the hell? How, what does any of this stuff work? So at least if you get this sense of what might be going on behind the scenes, you get a better understanding of that. And it, once again, it comes back to why it's so important for you to make your mind up on what you believe based on your research that property is worth so that you can then make much clearer and calmer decisions than if you're bouncing around trying to make your mind up based purely on what the agent's doing, purely on the price guide is is fraught with danger. Now, the third option. No price. This is one that you're very very familiar with. This is what we live with. (laughs) We live with no price. (laughs) So as a buyer, how do they deal with zero indication or guidance from the agent? Yeah, it, it's it is legislated, um, and we call it. It was back in about oh God, I couldn't like 2014 or or somewhere thereabouts when the old Property Agents and Motor Dealers Act was replaced by the Property Occupations Act, um, and there was some complaints that some agents were under pitching. They were they were pitching too low, and Veronica, you're going to talk to us about why that is done. And why it can, you know, how hard it can be for buyers when when uh, when it, when things are pitched low. But there was a, a small number of complaints about agents lowballing auctions. And there's a saying in real estate: uh, quote it low, watch it go; quote it high, watch it die. And and what that means is if you have a price indication that's too high, you won't get any buyers there. People won't see value. Whereas if you've got it low. People get excited and go, oh, this is so much better than everything else I can possibly buy for a similar price range. I'm in, let's go. And then they get emotionally involved and the auction rolls on. So the legislation was actually bought and we called it um, using a cricket bat to swat a fly because there was a small number of issues. And instead of putting some parameters around the legislation, they simply said, you're not allowed to say anything. Now, what that did to buyers and 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 this is in other states as well, what that did to buyers was go, what am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to? And they just stopped going to auctions. So what was uh, allowed or what is allowed is the agent can provide buyers with an approved set of comparable sales. Now, some agents go as now approved means by the owner. So it is just approved by the owner, whatever those comparable sales are. And that's meant to give buyers some data to work with to then go and say, well, how does this one compare to those properties that sold? But absolutely no method of working out what that. How do you, what do you do with that? How how is it superior? In what so way? There's no context. There's no context for just it. Just a list. And, and also, what some agents do is give all the sales for the last six months in the suburb. So there's no there's, there's no help. No help whatsoever. You've just got all these sales, and then got to go. All right. Well, how do I know where the ceiling is and the floor is? And and we talk about this in the pre mini courts how to actually work out where a property sits in relations to in relation to other properties that have sold. So this whole no price thing um, in Queensland, very frustrating and and very difficult to, for buyers if they're not feet on the ground and and don't have a methodology that they can follow to work out what a property is worth. A lot of them just go too hard and potentially miss opportunities to buy properties that they actually could have bought. And again, you know, if you know how to price property yourself, when a property comes on the market, you'll have a good idea about what they would probably be expecting because you've checked on all the recent sales that would compare with that. But it does make it, I think it makes it harder for buyers and you you call it like swatting a fly with a cricket bat. I call it the pendulum going far too far in the opposite direction. (laughs) (laughs) 
But when I take away their ability to actually have an idea about whether it's worth going to look at or not. Well, the stupid thing is also that the agent has given the vendor an indication on price and given them their opinion. So they have they have an opinion and supposedly if they've done their job properly, they've actually done that by using comparable sales and Absolutely. putting them into context and explaining them to the owner and, uh, and explaining where they think their property sits in that. So, so the work has been done. It's just that they're denied being able to share that with buyers. But you will find on the odd occasion, because often in other states and territories, you can offer a property for sale or for auction without a price on it, which makes you means you have to contact the agent. Sometimes the words contact agent is actually on there. Actually, there's one agency that says, um, let's talk. That's their, that's their price line. Let's, let's talk. talk. <laughs> now, I don't know what they're going to talk about in Queensland because they're still not allowed to give they're a price guide. They're not allowed to give a price guide. <laughs> <laughs> However, when you call in other states, sometimes in Sydney, for instance, if I see contact agent, the first thing that goes through my head is overpriced. They're too scared <laughs> to put a guide on it. The owner's expectations up there. They're like, they know that that will blow it out of the I've water. Had a conversation with the owner and the owner's gone, I want this. And they've gone, Get some price feedback from the market. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's like, you know, and, you know, we have little jokes with agents about various contact agent. And also another thing, in an auction campaign, once uh, an offer has been received that has been rejected, and this is everywhere except Queensland again, um, the agent has to increase their guide to no less than that offer. So say in my example before, there's 1 to 1.1. And somebody gives an offer of a million and fifty. And they went, no, nah, it's not quite enough. Sorry. And the line usually goes, but if that's all it gets to on auction day, um, yes, our vendor will sell. And I just call bullshit on that. But anyway, so they'll say no. Or they'll say something like, uh, you may well be the lucky owner. You may like, well. You know, like it's very, may well. very grey, the response to that, that question. Just like, please come to auction. We need you, but you're probably not going to buy it. Not at that price. Anyway, so... Say they rejected an offer of a million and fifty, they can't quote a million anymore. They have to quote a million and fifty or more than that. Or they've got option three, which is they can take the price off completely. Okay. And usually that's a contact agent. And when we watch price guides that are published on on auction campaigns and say it was pro- advertised at million as a guide of a million, and then the guide vanishes, we go, they've had an offer and they don't want to increase the quoting. Because it's a bit too high. Gold. Okay, everyone, listen to that again. So, if they if the offer that was rejected was in their view, the agent's view, something that owner probably should have looked at seriously and maybe taken, they don't want to lift the quoting because they're worried they're going to kill every other buyer. They're going to basically wipe out all the interest. They will take the guide price off the property mid auction and force buyers to call them. And then they'll start the whole, well, you know, we've had one offer, but they're head and shoulders above everybody else. And the vendor can't sell prior. There'll be some big explanation why it wasn't accepted. But it's not to say that buyer wants a six months. They'll create some fiction around it. And they'll say that, oh, that buyer wants a six-month settlement and the vendor's not prepared to accept that. But we, you know, we don't want to increase the guide for everybody because everybody else is thinking less. Blah, 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 blah. So so that just gives you a bit of insight into why that might happen, why a property might have had a guide and then all of a sudden doesn't have a guide. And this is the world of mystery of property. <laughs> this is where it's all a big mystery. Secret pricing strategy. Uh, look, you know, the, at the end of the day, the agent's job, remember, remember Home Buyer Academy, property principle one, number one, the agent works for the seller. 
Their yep. job is to get any buyer to pay the most amount of money that they possibly can by creating emotional attachment and competition. So they're doing their job by doing these things. It's just that what we want you to know as the buyer is how to interpret these things and then how to put yourself in your position if it is the right property. Don't walk away from a property just because of the method of sale or because of how it's advertised for sale. If it's the right property, you can absolutely arm yourself with the right information and move forward confidently and walk away if you can't buy it in the right price range. That's just what we are here for. The power of our little mini course, which is for free, is enormous. Obviously, the power of our bigger course is even greater, but I'll get to that in a minute. It's the whole end-to-end process. It is. But I'll quickly touch on underquoting because, of course, when we're talking price, guys, we're talking auction in particular, then, you know, it's well known that agents like to quote as little as possible because they don't want to scare away buyers, right? High prices scare away buyers. And particularly if an owner wants a lot of money. Yeah, before it, uh, price it low, watch it go. That means watch it go. The market just go whoosh. Yeah, we building wanna. competition. And also during an auction, people often bid more than they think they they would. So, you know, in the cool, calm state of mind when they're not under stress, they'll go, well, I can see value there and for me and that's what I want to pay and I won't pay a cent more. When they're in the middle of the auction, when you're under stress, when you're under pressure and you're thinking, I'm going to miss out, there's a pain of loss, blah, blah, blah. All that stuff, that pushes people, and I see it all the time, to go over what they would have otherwise wanted to go to. And that's why knowing what it's worth and knowing what you are prepared to pay for it before you get to auction is so critical because you need to set your limit sort of irrespective of the asking price, which is back to what Megan said about the, the asking price doesn't really matter because you've got to understand that most agents are going to start off the campaign at the very least underquoting because they want to build up that interest. Some will ratchet up the price as time goes on, as you get closer to the auction to really get you thinking more realistically and others will do everything they can to stay underquoting different types of approaches and they're not all the same. And so you've also got to got to sort of be able to identify the difference there. Good stuff. So there's a lot There is a lot to think about with this. Um, And again, I just want to reiterate, don't let the method of sale or the way a property is priced deter you from pursuing a property that is right for you because you can do your own independent investigations. You can use, um, you know, the free course will teach you how to price a property so that you can very quickly go, all right, well, this is roughly in my range. Go and have a look at it. If it is something you like, you can really do the in-depth research that's required to work out what you should pay in the current market. And that's that's a really empowering, you know, really enjoyable sort of thing once you get into the swing of the process because it's very quick to be able to go, all right, well, I know that's way out of my price range. I'm not even going to have a look at that one. That one's probably a little bit lower. I may not like it, but at least if we go and have a look at it and then I know what it's sold for, I've got another piece of evidence that I can use in my pricing process. So, at the end of the day, what's price doesn't really matter um, and what the marketing agent says doesn't really matter. What does matter is what you do with the information that you gather throughout the process of getting your feet on the ground, getting to open houses, getting safe, sold prices and building your knowledge base around what things are worth. Absolutely. And a quick note, the full course, that's your first home buyer guide, it costs only $990. 
and you get direct access to us to help guide you through those negotiations and all those sticky things like, hang on, how come there's no asking price now? Or what do I do when the agent does this or when they say this to me? We answer those questions for you every week live. Trust me, you will overpay by a lot more than $1,000 if you don't know what you're doing. So I encourage you to really look seriously at your first home buyer guide. In this episode, we've only touched on a tiny part of the huge amount of things you need to know to become an educated first home buyer. There is so much more for you to do. You can learn all of the steps in the right order and avoid all of the mistakes that others have made in our 10-step online course for first home buyers. If you'd like to learn more about the right process and avoid making rookie errors, become an educated home buyer. Head over to the website, check out your first home buyer guide the course that we have created for you. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss an episode. And if you've liked what you've heard today, please give us an iTunes review. It helps other people find us. And of course, I know it's a bit cringy, but we're going to ask for five stars. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. We hope you've found this really useful. And if you have, please share the love with others who you know are in the same boat. We'll be back next week with more priceless stuff.